Heavenly Father, uh, use these words to bless and move people according to your will. Amen. Dr. Mary Neal is an orthopedic surgeon living in Jackson Hole. She specializes in spinal surgery and is an adventurous athlete. 13 years ago, she whitewater kayaked the remote Foy River in Chile. I only know who she is because she came and talked at a church on the North Shore, which led me to read her two books, wherein she described her accident and what happened afterwards. She'd gotten pinned under water between two boulders and was held fast there because of the rushing waters. Not only could she not breathe, but multiple bones forced by the rushing water to bend in the wrong direction snapped. And of course she died. She drowned. When her fellow kayakers finally managed to unpin her from between the two boulders that the rushing waters had trapped her in, her body had been underwater something like 90 minutes. She became famous because during her 90 minutes underwater, she had a vision of heaven. Her vision showed Jesus and the infinite saturating love and graces that exist throughout heaven and within the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And she realized that these graces and loves were also saturating you and me and all of creation. Several years after she physically healed from her accident, we'll call it an accident, her scientific and medical brain kicked in. She did massive amounts of research on the neurobiology and um, biology, physiology of oxygen deprivation and its effect on the brain. Although she knew that she knew that she'd seen heaven and Jesus, her brain and her colleagues and friends were saying, well, couldn't it have been hallucination? I mean, you know, mushrooms can do that or something, or, I, you know, the brain is a funny thing. Or couldn't oxygen deprivation release or cause changes in the brain to cause a euphoric vision? These were reasonable questions. And because she was an intelligent, highly educated, esteemed orthopedic surgeon in a place where lots of people broke their bones and she was actively practicing, she wanted to know the answers. So she did extensive research. And when all plausible, implausible, and even inventive explanations for her vision proved to be physiologically and neurologically impossible, given that she was dead when it happened, she became all the more convinced that she had, what she had seen in her vision was true and her life changed forever. As a due diligence sort of person myself, I read 
about her research summaries with great interest, and I, too, had to become convinced. There are a lot of people that have experiences like this. They're, excuse me, kind of cheesy, and oh my gosh, I can't believe someone's writing this. She's not in that camp. Understanding the vastness, the love, the undefiled, pure goodness of the Trinity was deeply affecting for Dr. Neal. And just reading her account was deeply affecting for me. Scriptures have suddenly taken on shades of meaning that I never saw before. Dr. Neal's life after her vision was suffused with complete peace and purpose. I too, it can be ruffled, I am human, so are all of us, but I fundamentally feel an extraordinary peace at, the, at my core. Having seen through her eyes the undefiled, actively loving and wise Trinity in heaven, and knowing that the Trinity's inexpressible goodness is here on earth. Today is Trinity Sunday, when we pull back the curtain and look at and breathe in what we learn about the Trinity. And I'm not gonna talk about St. Anselm or Aquinas or Augustine, or I had a complete philosophy thing that like, yes, they really are. The three is one and the one is three. We're not gonna go into any of that. Fundamentally, in our reading in Ephesians today, which is a great runway for thinking about the Trinity, I'm struck by the Spirit's vision for us. The Spirit envisioned and had the Apostle Paul write that God has a goal for us. Secondly, that the goal is doable within the context of the self-giving love found right within the Trinity, a community of love, a three-in-one community of love. And third, that the goal is attainable through the transformational action on our part, which grows character and grace in us through the Holy Spirit. So let's move from the contemporary experience of Dr. Mary Neal and look at these three pictures which the Spirit-inspired apostle saw in his mind for us. First one, God has a goal for us. The Holy Spirit wanted Paul to write down these goals that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That was last week we heard that, and then this week in chapter 4, we are to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Fullness of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, sounds very Trinitarian to me. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God also seems to me impossible. <laughs> so Paul begins to lay it out. First, 
the church would need to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. As Psalm 139 says, and I'm paraphrasing, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Paul's using dimensional language to show them what the Spirit can already see, that the early church and us today are actually already living and moving and having our being in God's love right now, here, when you leave, tomorrow. Dr. Neal saw in her vision that the Trinity was everywhere all at once. And did not God say to Jeremiah, do I not fill the heavens and the earth? When the apostles, and indeed when we move into a greater awareness of how limitlessly God fills the heavens and the earth with his love, well, we might feel less wavering, less vulnerable in this big world. And it's also not like God is here today, gone tomorrow. He's eternally present He's spatially and temporally, eternally, everywhere. After all, he told Moses his name was simply, I am. God the Trinity, we learn in scripture, has no beginning or end. He's from everlasting to everlasting. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has existed since before time was ever even created. So be filled with that. That's the goal. (laughs) The second point was be in self-giving community. The goal of being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God is best done by emulating the self-giving, united, existing as one community of love, which we see in the Trinity, The Trinity exists and ministers to the world both as one and as three. There is infinite peace within the Godhead because there is no dissension in the Godhead. There's mutually self-giving love. I can just picture it like after you. Oh, no, no, after you. There's just this giving, giving, giving. They serve each other not out of a need on any member's part, for that would indicate a deficit. They serve for the sheer delight and joy of serving the other in an important and beautiful way. Paul knew that the early church's grasp of God's vastness of his love and power would directly affect the way the church would behave. And the way they would behave would give witness to another kingdom because people don't act that way. They would give witness to a kingdom where God is beyond all gods, where Jesus is a savior beyond all saviors, and where the Holy Spirit is a comforter and source of wisdom beyond all comforters and sources of wisdom we have down here. Paul's third point, be mature. We can know the goal, 
We can see kind of how the Trinity works within itself. And now the ball's in our court. We need to be mature. The goal of attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God, of Christ, requires transformational action on our part in order to grow character and grace in us through the Holy Spirit. The fullness of Christ, the fullness of God, which Paul envisioned through the Holy Spirit such that he wrote this to the early church, is what God wants for us today. And it includes infinite goodness, infinite justice, infinite mercy, infinite grace, love, and holiness, infinite power and perfection. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to make the connection between being filled to that full measure of God and maturity. And he describes how we can live and move and have our being here on earth. So Paul got specific. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble. Oh, no, no, after you. Oh, no, no, after you. Completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'm telling you, Ephesians is so rich. We could spend a year on that book, at that letter, and just say, oh, thank you, God, for having Paul write these things. I mean, there's a whole sermon, the bond of peace. What is that? There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is, and I love this, it's that saturating language again, over all and through all and in all, He's everywhere all at once. Then Paul reminds the church that Jesus himself even has a goal. It says in that letter in chapter four, when Jesus ascended higher than all the heavens, he did it in order to fill the whole universe. This notion of filling, it's in the Trinity Fill the universe and us. Fill us. The Spirit does that. That was last week, Pentecost. But it's today and tomorrow and every day. So we're to remember the goals. And how do we do this? Paul says the body of Christ. Now that's us. We are the body of Christ. It's not bricks. So thank you for the bricks and it's nice and warm in here. The body of Christ is to be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Well, Paul anticipates how on earth are we supposed to do that? Literally, how on earth? We are 
jars of clay. We are limited by time and whatever abilities we have. But let's remember, we are made in the image of God whose properties we've just been marveling at. And that image is wired into us in ways that, like, you know how we only use 10% of our brains or something like that, and what's the other 90% or whatever the ratio is? We are in the image of God. There is a lot of up, how high is up for us to attain. And we won't be flying blind as we move forward. Just as the persons in the Trinity have roles, God, creator, God, savior, son, healer, fortifier, comforter, Holy Spirit, we too have roles, and Paul mentions five today. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And when you factor in gifts that he pours out through the Holy Spirit, that opens up a whole other range of roles that we can have. In addition to Paul's list, Um, we here have noticed um, giftings that are being manifest. I heard a wonderful story today uh, from one of our members um, who felt led and didn't even realize that it was the Spirit until afterwards when she said, I don't know what came over me. I never would have done that. Someone in our midst is going through very difficult times And she asked that person if she and her three children would like to um, go up to her house up in the sort of northern kingdom of Vermont. And the woman was so taken aback. It was so loving that this random offer would come that she burst into tears. That is love incarnated is it going to be in a letter that we're reading a thousand, that someone would read a thousand years from now? Probably not. Did it manifest Christ's love? Absolutely. We can do that by being open to the movement of the Holy Spirit, either before or after. Just say yes. Now, some of us might say, I don't know. Is being made in the image of God enough? Well, let me just say, how about when you combine image of God and Holy Spirit to animate you? You got the car, you got the fuel, go drive. Jesus wouldn't have asked us, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have caused Paul to write a goal that is completely unattainable on our part if he knew we couldn't pull it off. He's not asking us to be fully, perfectly God. He's not asking us to be that. He wants us to be filled with this fullness so that we can be perfectly ripe ourselves. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Be that. So are we game? Are we open? Dr. Mary Neal had no choice. She was given a vision at great pain to herself. And the potential for her experience as a modern-day witness rests on what we make of her. 
Even Perpetua was a modern-day witness in her time. I'm not saying that Dr. Neal is in the same category, but she did see some stuff, and it was pretty amazing. I will tell you that Dr. Neal is not some unstable, impressionable, flighty woman. I had, Dennis and I had dinner with um, two people from Jackson Hole, and um, yeah, she's solid. She's an educated, adventuresome Christian, really Christian now after that accident, who is a contributing member to the medical profession. She's a mom, a wife, and a friend to many. Her son, Peter, married President Biden's oldest granddaughter and is now living in a suite in the third floor of the White House. She's solid. Peter, her son, got his law degree from the University of Pennsylvania. Not quite a year ago. The marriage was six months ago. This is not a suspect family whose accounts we might question. It's a family whose mother, wife, doctor received a pure gift from God. And although her vision was a pure gift from, pure gift from God, we too are receiving pure gifts from God. The move of the Spirit into the woman from Trinity that offered what she offered to the woman going through a really hard time. That's a pure gift from God. Simple important. What happened to Dr. Neal was a gift to me when I read her research. It was a gift to read what the Apostle Paul envisioned for us when he wrote, under the influence of the Spirit, what he wrote in Ephesians. All around us, we are receiving from the Holy Spirit gifts and callings to enable us to mature thus attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So I say, what do we say? Do we say yes to the goal Paul described? Yes to doing it with the love found in a a self-giving community of love? Yes to going for it. I want to say yes within this community of love. How about you? Let's pray. Lord, with the innocence of that baby making absolutely delightful noises, we come to you. As children, we, it's like our, the ocean is so big and our boat is so small. Um, but you are God and we thank you. So fill us, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding. Fill us with your love. Help us to be open. Subdue fear. Fill us with your delight, your energy, and your peace. In Jesus' name.